0: hi everyone this is lifestyle of a gay black boy i'm andrew shepherd and thank you for listening today um i hope you guys all had a fantastic fourth I hope you all had a great Juneteenth. I forgot to completely mention that um, on the podcast. They did on my social medias. But I hope you guys all had a happy Juneteenth. If you don't celebrate July 4th, and if you celebrate July 4th, I hope you had a great one. No matter what you celebrate, I hope you enjoyed it. It's a great time to relax and get away from everything. I just want to bury my head in a pillow and do nothing for four days straight. But I'm glad I didn't. Got my ass up, went to a family reunion, and had a blast of a time. So I'm excited about that. Um, Today's episode is going to be a very interesting one. I'm going to take a different take on what I do as opposed to the norm. Um, You guys know I hate that word normal. Today's episode is going to be all about being outspoken. And the episode title itself is called Gay, Black, and Outspoken. Davy Cycles helped me create that title. I didn't know how to put all this in under one umbrella, if that makes sense. Um, before we get started, though, like always, if you guys want to interact with the show, anything you want to comment, questions, you want my advice on something, you want to submit some topics to me, now you can go to Facebook or Instagram and look at the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy page on both. You can just search at Lifestyle GBB. It'll take you right to the page. Or search hashtag LGBB. It'll take you to the page as well. If you're on Vero, I'm just Andrew Shepard. And if you're on Twitter, which I have the twits now, you can just search me at AJ Vander Tunt. Um, On all platforms message me, hit up my DMs appropriately, which means no more unsolicited dick pics, please. I'm tired of seeing them. Just no more. Um, but you can message me. And of course, I will keep you anonymous if you want to stay anonymous. If you are listening on Anchor and you'd like to do a voice message, you can also send me a voice message. And as long as it's appropriate to the content that we're talking about, we'll play it on the show. Um, you can also email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy at gmail.com. Um, So let's go ahead and get into this, because there's a lot that I want to talk about, and the episode itself, like I said before, it's called Gay, Black, and Outspoken, and it's because throughout my time on vacation, coming back, a lot of shit has happened, and I say shit because a lot of it is shitty, Um, and there's some silver lines in there, there's some great things, but... I just want to talk about some of the things I've been seeing, hearing on the news, and you know, let's go from there. And it's not just all news focused. Now, to start us off, our quote of the day is going to come from Maya Angelou, and you know, it's the second time I'm quoting her on the show. And her quote is: "If you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude." I love this quote because. I film podcasting and getting into this world of podcasting, I'm changing something about the world and I'm changing my world all at the same time. I'm not going to say that I didn't like my world, but I know I'm changing it to a way to fit where I'm growing in my life. And a part of this change is being outspoken, talking more, using my voice more. I said it before in the last episode of reclaiming my voice. I'm reclaiming my voice because for the longest time I was afraid to use my voice. And, uh, this experience, this journey, this travel that I'm going through has been amazing. Um, I had a chance today to be a part of another podcast. The episode will come out tomorrow. This is the Buy Furious podcast, hosted by Mixed Girl Maine. Um, I featured some of her content and what we talked about on the previous episode as well, I will be on the upcoming episode of the By Furious podcast. So if you get a chance, check her out. I love her. She's amazing. Mixed Girl Maine on Instagram and the Facebooks and the Twits. Look for Mixed Girl Maine and you will find her. Um, she's amazing. Blew my mind today. She was the positivity that I needed today. And it just summed up my day, wrapped it up in a beautiful little bowl made of diamonds and sparkles and all kinds of stuff. And if I could just put that on and walk out my front door tomorrow, I'd definitely do it. But so today's episode the topics I want to start discussing. On the previous couple of episodes, I have mentioned Sudan and what is going on in Sudan. Now, I haven't gone into full detail. I've just explained some of the things that have happened. And there's more news from Sudan. Sudan's media blackout and the limited internet that they had for the citizens of Sudan is being restored. I don't know if it's been fully restored, but it is being restored. And now that it's being restored, we're seeing images and people posting what occurred in Sudan during that blackout that was so hard to find out. And I talked about it before on June 30th, there was a march and a protest. It was like the Sudanese Million Man March about their situation. But I haven't gone into detail about what's going on in Sudan. So I want to start off with something that I found on The Guardian that was reported. And it was that Friday morning, last Friday, not this Friday, um, the military rulers of Sudan reached a power-sharing agreement where the sovereign council agreed that they are going to share the rule of the country. They're going to have a sharing agreement, and it's going to work in a rotation. And this came from an African Union official who was mediating the situation between the army and the citizens of Sudan. Now, with the situation in Sudan, to give you guys some backstory about what happened and how things started. So this began in the eastern city of Atbara. I am hoping I'm saying that right in December. And the uprising started and what was reported a lot of is that it was triggered by the rise in prices of bread. But it actually has a lot deeper roots. Um, it actually was following a tradition of revolution in Sudan that before the 30-year presidency of Omar al-Bashir, who was the previous president before the military took over, um, that unpopular leaders were pushed out by revolts. That is what happened in Sudan. Revolts pushed out unpopular, unpopular leaders. So Bashir was forced out in April of this year. And he's in jail, charged with corruption right now. But the transitional military council that seized the power after getting Bashir out was unable to stop demonstrations that were occurring once they took power. So the Sudanese people, which within their rights, were demanding democracy. They wanted freedom. They wanted justice. They wanted the ending of the human rights violations that were occurring. And This actually has lasted through the removal of the country's long-term president, the military takeover, and now the brutal killings that have occurred. And a large amount of the brutal killings that did occur were on June 3rd, um, where a lot of heavily armed military forces killed at least 128 protesters. And they were staging a peaceful sit-in. They weren't aggressive. They weren't fighting. They were sitting in peace. And as well with those people who were killed, there were many, many, many people who were raped by the military people who went to stop the protest. Um, that is the atrocities that have occurred and may still be occurring. I don't know how much of it that we're seeing is a stop to the peace. I guarantee there's still shitty fucking people out there doing terrible things to these innocent people in Sudan. Um, So the agreement that the military council came up with is going to work where they share the power between the military and the civilians. So with the agreement, what's going to happen is that it's going to be led by the military at first and also with the head of the junta. Um, and that person's name is Abdel Fatah al-Burhan. I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. And while they first have the power, they're going to hopefully establish a balance and stability. And that's what it's sounding like. And then the civilians are going to take over. The council that's gonna run the country until they start having their elections is going to be in place for about three years. The council itself is gonna be made up of five military people and five civilian members. And then there's gonna be a sixth so-called civilian agreed upon by both sides who is gonna be actually a retired military officer. And that's what's been reported. We're hoping that this is something big, that this is going to signal change for the country. I really hope that it does. There's so much violence that's going on over there, and it's just terrible to turn on the television or go on the internet and look and see Black people just being killed because they just want to be free. You know, they just want to be free, and it's just crazy. Um... One part that's going to be put in place to protect this council that's going to be running the country from corruption is that there are going to be independent investigations into the killings, and anybody who was found guilty of the killings will not be allowed to sit on the Sovereign Council. Um, The African Union has actually suspended Sudan's membership from the African Union after these attacks. So right now, Sudan is kind of ostracized and the African Union is not accepting them in. And maybe they won't, or hopefully they will, once stability is put in place and these atrocities stop. Now, with the situations that are going on in Sudan, this uprising and the protests, the mass killings, the media blackout, a lot of things have changed. So in Sudan, people were trying to get away, you know, just like we have people coming to our country and they're looking for asylum. And a lot of Sudanese uh, civilians were looking for asylum and they were going to go to Israel. So Israel was taking in those asylum seekers, but then they decided to stop. So the Times of Israel, that's one of their news outlets in Israel, reported that with the turmoil that's going on in Sudan, they have stopped reviewing asylum applications from people from Sudan. Now, the reason that the Israeli government gave for stopping the actual asylum seekers and reviewing the applications was that they wanted to wait until tensions and the turmoil there have calmed down. They've kind of stopped. So, there's about 35,000 asylum seekers who were looking to go to Israel for safety. Um, The vast majority of the people from Sudan who entered Israel um, did so in about 2005, and they've been coming in more and more. Um, I'm sorry, I actually misspoke. 35,000 asylum seekers have been given permission to get into Israel. I in that since two thousand five, three thousand four hundred applications for asylum request are what are not being reviewed. So there's thirty four hundred applications that have just been set aside, and the ministry there is not going to actually start reviewing those again until the violence and protest and travesties that are going on in Sudan calm down. Now. I can't say I agree that that's a good tactic. Um, I think that stopping the asylum seekers and the applications that they have already, you're turning them back to almost die. Um, A lot of the people who have protests, the peaceful protest, people who have tried to run for safety or find safety and shelter have been assaulted, raped, or killed. There's no way to sugarcoat it. It's those things. That's what's happened to them. Um, And it's just sad to see that there's now a country where they can at least find some civility and some safety is turning them away, which just makes me hope that this violence ends and ends very fast. And it's just so sad to see. Um, With that happening, you can put pressure on Israel or we can reach out to United Nations, reach out to UNESCO and start raising awareness about it because maybe the brighter the light we shine on these things of people being killed and being turned away and pretty much being sent back to their deaths, maybe that'll put pressure on them to allow people in. And it would be great if they did that. It would give people the chance to live and have freedom. Um, Now... There are some things that do happen when it comes to looking for asylum that, you know, we've seen it. We see it on the news all the time. People are afraid that these immigrants or people who are coming into the country are going to take over, destabilize the economy, take jobs and all these things. I have not seen that happen here in America. I'm pretty sure there are people who have been laid off for people who work for less and for people who are coming in to do jobs that maybe Americans don't want to do. Um, But to turn those people away, just to say, oh, we don't care. You got to go back, even though you're being threatened with violence. I think it's just a terrible thing. I really do. Um, I've got more to talk about that later. I'm not going to stand in a soapbox and rant about that right now. Um, So with the asylum being denied or not reviewed by Israel, another thing that's happening is their radio outlets, social media, things like that, that were blocked and blacked out during the media blackout hasn't really changed. So NPR reported about the symbol of freedom that was in Sudan that is no longer existent because of this uh, turmoil, this these killings, this military takeover. So, in Sudan, they do go by Islamic law, and some of the things that are in Islamic law. And if I am wrong, please correct me. Um, men and women should not be fraternizing, fraternizing in the street. Uh, dancing, singing, music that is, I guess, not a part of their religious tenets, should not be played aloud in the streets. These are things that you just don't do. When Bashir was taken out of power, things changed. Um, If anybody's familiar with it, uh, I think it did occur in the Arab summer when there was those protests going on in the Middle East. There was a lot of demonstrations in women taking off their hijabs and burqas and driving, being out in the streets without being guided by a man, things that would typically break their laws. Um, the same thing occurred in Sudan. Now, in Sudan, uh, radio was one of the biggest forms of freedom. Um, so before, when Bashir was taken out of power, before all the oppression started, there'd be people in the street dancing, singing, loud music playing. Imagine just a great time and the things we take for granted. You walk down a street and there's a bar and you hear uh, Cotton Eye Joe playing. Terrible, terrible fucking song. Ugh. I don't know why anybody will listen to it, but uh, crap like that, you'd hear music, not shitty music like Cotton Eye Joe, but there'd be festive music things to dance to, things to enjoy while you're out in the street. Uh, There'd be men and women out together dancing, socializing, things that were not allowed and did not happen before Bashir was taken out of power. After this military takeover occurred, things went right back to where they were. Now, there was one radio station that was there, um, Capital FM, a popular music station in Sudan. Um, And it was really the center of the revolution that was going on at the time with music being out in the street, people dancing and all these interactions. When the military took over, they destroyed the radio station. They banned the broadcasters from playing music, from being on the radio. I'm pretty sure, and this is just me going off my assumption, I don't know if this is a proven fact yet, but it's something I will research. If there was radio in situations that I researched and seen when it comes to a military takeover, it was only allowed to play radio propaganda for the military. Um, So I'm pretty sure that that's probably what happened. But uh, the radio stations, they went in and they vandalized them. They destroyed the acoustic rooms. They destroyed the recording material. They got rid of everything that could make it function because they probably, well, I can't even say probably, they just did not want this source of freedom. Um, radio, I'm not a broadcaster, but I have done radio, um, three times in my life, actually. And, when I did radio, it was fun. It was a freeing experience. Your voice is over the airways and you're communicating with people. People get to call in. You're playing songs and dancing, enjoying this joy that comes from the radio. So to take that away from people so they no longer hear a voice of freedom, they no longer hear a voice of acceptance and power and fun, it demoralizes people. It demotivates them. It takes away things from them. They truly feel isolated at that point because there's not somebody out there who can have that freedom to talk. Um, I, I kind of equate that to podcasting. I feel with all the podcasts I listen to now, my podcast, it's a chance to have your voice out there, or have a voice out there that can connect with somebody else who may enjoy it and may want to listen. Um, but the military destroyed it. Um, There was one DJ who was there who was great, um, and radio was his life. It was all his life, and he actually spoke with NPR and talked about what doing radio meant and still means to him. I'm pretty sure with the determination you could hear in his voice and from what I was reading, this man is not going to give up. I hope the radio station comes back and comes back bigger and louder than ever. Um, The man from the report that I was reading through NPR, I can get his name and I'll have to either post it on my social media or I'll tag it in the description for this podcast. You can find him on outlets of social media. I know that he's on Facebook and I think Instagram um, the page activity is very limited because, of course, the countries shut off their internet. Um, but Capital FM was in the city of Khartoum, which is one of the capital... Uh, is the capital city. I'm sorry. And that's where the revolution of radio pretty much was beginning and starting with their radio station. So I hope that it can come back. It can be something beautiful and amazing. Um fuck those military people. I know it doesn't do much by me saying it here, but fuck all of you. You are garbage. Just straight trash. I can't stand you. Um, But that's all I'm going to talk about for Sudan. I want you guys to research on your own and see the information for yourself. Um, The sources that I did get these things from that I was reading on and educating myself about and just to help myself stay up on what's going on. The Guardian is a great source. The Associated Press is a great source. NPR is another great source. The Israeli, I'm sorry, The Times of Israel... Um, is also a great source. And Al Jazeera, if you haven't looked up Al Jazeera News or some other videos and radio stations, they are a news outlet um, in the Middle East. They are a great news outlet to see what's going on because a lot of it is not broadcasted on American news networks. Um, and if you're not listening in America and you know other news outlets that broadcast this information, please share it. Um, This isn't meant to be speaking on one side of the issue or the other. It's just spreading the information. And the more we spread this information, the better it can be. Um, So I do want to address one thing that I did get a little feedback on. And it's nothing negative to the person who uh, gave me the feedback. But it was simply a question about why am I talking about Sudan and something so heavy at the beginning of each podcast. And the reason why I'm doing it is this podcast is for fun for me. This is a great time and I just enjoy doing it. But I feel if I'm just having fun for the sake of fun without using this platform to spread something that could be helpful and useful, I feel like it's not maximizing the time I have to do this in a way. And everybody who listens and gets to share this with your friends, family, or whoever. I hope that you guys all take that away too. Fun is great. I love fun. I could package fun. I could rub fun right in my eyes, put it on my cereal, take a shower in it, and then on top of that, jump into a pool of fun. And I love it. But I feel that when you do have a chance to speak to multiple people more, spreading some kind of good information all at the same time can be great. Um, The next thing I did want to talk about, uh, this is one thing that occurred during the World Pride Festival, and I didn't get to talk about this last week since I recorded my podcast in advance, and I actually didn't get to hear about this until after recording the podcast. Um, So, This is the 50th anniversary of the events that occurred at Stonewall. If you're not familiar with Stonewall, Stonewall was a bar in New York that was raided by the police multiple times. And after being raided on, I don't have the date, I apologize. But after being raided one night, members of the bar who were there, um, specifically to trans women, stood up to the police and refused to go silently and that started the stonewall riot where they refused to go they're not accepting arrest they're not accepting being discriminated against anymore they're fighting back and saying this is our motherfucking space and if you don't like it go eat herpes off of a dick like corn on the cob they have the right to do that and it's something beautiful and it's great But at one of the World Pride events, it was reported, and this was actually at Stonewall. Let's think in for a bit. This occurred at Stonewall. A trans woman of color got on the mic and wanted to talk about and share the names of victims of trans women of color who have been killed. Their murders have gone unsolved and are not being actively, or from what we can see, actively worked on by police, FBI, law enforcement. When she got up to talk, she was being booed, jeered, and even harassed, and then even had the threat of the police being called on her by, get this, by other gay people. By people of the LGBTQ community. I'm not going to say she's gay because she's not gay. She's a trans woman. But by members of the LGBTQ community. They threatened to call the police on her at Stonewall. Because she's trying to bring and shine a light on trans women of color who have been killed. First of all, how fucking dare you do that? That is not okay in any way, shape, or form. Stonewall started because trans women stood up and said, we aren't going to go. We will not do this. Stonewall was oppressed by the police who were coming in and beating the shit out of the LGBTQ community members who were there calling them all kinds of names, beating the crap out of them, arresting them for no cause whatsoever, violating their rights, treating them less than animals. And because, and this isn't everybody who's out there, but because members of the LGBTQ community who happen to be white and cisgendered wanted to party and not care about the message and moment behind Pride, threatened to call the police on a trans woman of color who was just trying to say, hey, we are here too, and we are being killed. Acknowledge us. Acknowledge that we are a part of this community and we can still grow together. I'm sorry that you wanted to enjoy more of your mimosas or more of your absolute cocktails or whatever it is that you want to have and you wanted to get your little Vogue beat going on or your washed Vogue beat. I'm just going to say it that way. Or your club music or just because you wanted to go around in your go-go shorts and maybe dance and dance and dance. I'm sorry that your festive moment got ruined by the deaths and inconveniences of the trans community. I'm not really sorry. Quite frankly, you can go join the rest of them eating the herpes, but it's ridiculous. You should not have done that. This woman was just trying to say, hey, acknowledge that even though we've made tons of strides in this community, trans women of color are still treated less than dirt. Less Than Dirt. And trans men of color, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Now, and I say I'm pretty sure it's the same thing because trying to find stories about trans men of color who I know have been assaulted, who I know things are going on for them as well, is even harder. Even harder to find information about them. So I want to take a moment and just read the names and acknowledge these trans women of color who have been killed this year. Now, I don't have every single trans woman of color who has been killed. I don't have every Black trans woman who has been killed or murdered. Um, So I challenge every one of you who listens to once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever you want to do, just post something about a trans person of color who has been assaulted or killed to bring awareness to these people's lives. Post it. You can take time to post a recipe about mac and cheese. Take the time to post about somebody's life who was taken, who did not deserve what was done to them. So i want to just read some of this list and... <clears throat> I want to pay homage to these women. So the first person that I have on the list is Dana Martin. She was 31, a Black woman uh, who was killed on January 6, 2019 in Montgomery, Alabama. The next is Jazeline Ware, another Black trans woman who was found dead in Memphis, Tennessee. Ashanti Carmen twenty seven was found dead in Prince George's County, Maryland on march thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Claire Legato, twenty one years old, found dead in Cleveland, Ohio on may fourteenth of twenty nineteen. Malaysia Booker, twenty three. She was first jumped and assaulted in a mob attack. The video is online and then she was found shot dead May 18th, 2019 in Dallas, Texas. The police are saying that the jumping and assault is not related to the shooting. Michelle Tamika Washington, 40 years old, trans black woman was found shot on May 19th, 2019, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Paris Cameron, 20 years old, black trans woman of color, was killed in Detroit, Michigan, along with her two black gay male friends, Alante Davis, who was twenty-one, and Timothy Blancher, who was twenty. Chanel Lindsay, twenty-six years old, black trans woman found dead in White Rock Lake in Dallas, Texas, on June 1st, 2019. Chanel Skurlock, 23 years old, black trans woman, found dead in Lumberton, North Carolina. Zoe Spears, 23 years old, black trans woman, found dead in Fairmont Heights, Maryland. Brooklyn Lindsay, 32 years old, another black trans woman, found dead in Kansas City, Missouri. All of these deaths have gone unsolved by the police. Nobody has come forward. And a lot of them have just kind of been pushed to the wayside from what it seems like. I don't know what law enforcement's doing behind the scenes, but these names have not been reported nationally on the news They haven't been reported on a national scale for people. It took me searching to find these people's names. This has to change. It does. Awareness needs to be brought to these people who are being killed just for living their life. They're not doing anything bad. They're just living their life. And the people who are out there killing them, they are less than trash. They just kill these women because, and that's it, just because they're different. And they're not even different. I'm not even gonna say different. They're just humans living their lives, and people are killing them because they don't like what they see. If you don't like what you see, pluck out your eyes. It has nothing to do with you. These women are just living their life. That's it. And because there's some kind of agenda out there to get rid of them, this is what happens. And nobody cares. I'm not you know, I won't say that. I won't say nobody cares. People do care. But they care is being just brushed under the rug, honestly. It's not reported in the news. These are nothing that I heard on ABC Nightly News or Dateline or all those primetime news things where the viewership is incredibly high. I would like for them to talk about these people who are being killed. You know, this world has become accepting in a way of people who are a part of the LGBTQ plus community. But there's still so much growing to do. Pride itself is a great time to show who you are, have fun, to create community engagement with people you may have never had the chance to before. The fun stuff is great. I love going out covered in glitter. Coming home covered in glitter, waking up six days later covered in glitter, it is fun. It's great. All my friends, when they come over, they're covered in glitter, just from being the atmosphere of pride that's in my apartment. But we can't forget that it took deaths, assaults, rapes, dehumanization for us to get to this point. It took a lot for us to get to this point. And we can't forget the people who are out there who are still fighting and dying just because they want to live their life. I hope that you guys take something away from that. I hope that you accept my challenge and share, 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 share. The more awareness we spread, the brighter the light gets on the situation. And after a while, no matter who you are, you can't ignore bright light. Try imagining yourself trying to sleep and someone turns a spotlight in your face. You're going to jump up and be ready to fight because it's like, I can't sleep with that. I'm not looking into the face of the sun, so why the hell does it feel like I am? Do that. That'll help change people's minds, politicians, and everybody that's listening. It'll help change. Become annoying. (laughs) I can tell you myself, becoming annoying can involve evoke change in places that you didn't think it would occur. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Um, It's just something that's been on my heart for a while. And to the people that harassed this woman at Stonewall, just because you went to party a little bit more, I truly hope that you got so much dick during Pride that you never fart again and you can never close your asshole let that one sink in. (laughs) So another thing that I did want to talk about, um, and I typically don't mention this individual because I just feel it's just a waste of time and breath and air, but it's something that stuck out to me. And this was during July 4th that I saw brief little snippets of it. Um, You know, my dad actually was uh, telling me some stuff about it too. And of course, you guys know what it is. It's that stupid July 4th par- parade celebration that uh, Donald Trump uh, put together. Now, I applaud all the major news networks that did not air that garbage. I am very happy that you didn't put that shit on television. I mean, there was one channel I turned on. They had Ferris Bueller's Day off playing, and then another channel had the Players Club on. I was very happy about that. I'm very happy that you guys did not air that crap. Um, I did, however, look at some of the videos that were posted, and I found a transcript of the speech that... Uh, that guy gave. And I read through it because even though I don't agree with anything that comes out of that horrid, horrid, horrid cheero's mouth, it's important to know what's going on in the world. It's important to know what is being put out there. And it's important to know what the president of the United States is saying. God, I almost threw up saying that part of it. But his speech reminded me of something that I looked at years ago. And it was when I was looking at a movie, it was a documentary. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Loose Change. That's what it was. Loose Change. And in Loose Change, the start of the movie, um, and if you don't know what Loose Change is, it's a conspiracy movie about what could have happened during 9-11 and the World Trade Center incident and how it was presented as an inside job. Um, But the beginning of the movie, they talk about false flag terrorism and other things that occur. Now, I'm not going to go down that path of that of the movie. There is a snippet, and it actually is about Hitler and the Nazis. And it's about the Reichstag fire decree. Now, if you're not familiar with the Reichstag fire and the Reichstag fire decree, there is a lot of information that is out there. So I suggest you research it. Um, But the reason why I bring it up is the Reichstag fire was a fire that occurred in one of the German parliament buildings called the Reichstag. Um, The building was actually burned down. It was an arson and it stemmed a lot of what occurred during the Holocaust and the war. Um, So the origin of the fire is unclear. There are a lot of different conflicting stories that have come out. The part that is related to what I read and saw in the videos of this July 4th parade are the propaganda that occurred right after the fire. So The coalition of the government that was made up of the Nazis and nationalists blamed communists for this fire that burned down the Reichstag building. And after the fire occurred, Hitler made a speech in front of the burned building and used that as his backdrop to have a speech. So in his speech he was talking about a lot of things about the state of Germany at that time. And he was using the event to sway President Hindenburg in Germany to his cause. And what happened while he was in front of the building giving the speech, he got very intense about... How he felt about the state of the country of Germany, how he felt about the wrongs that are going on in the country, and his plan to fix, and I say that in quotations, fix what is going on that's wrong. Now, his speech ended up swaying a lot of the opinion and the president of Germany at the time to start incarcerating political opponents, without specific charges, to dissolve political organizations, to suppress publications. And this decree that came from it, which was now known as the Reichstag Fire Decree, helped secure the path of the Nazi dictatorship in Germany. Now, if you're wondering, okay, Andrew, where are you going with this? What does this have to do with what occurred on July 4th? Donald Trump's July 4th presentation and speech mirrors a lot of the tone and rhetoric that came from Hitler's Reichstag fire speech. One example of it, and I'm not going to do direct quotations from the actual speech that uh, Hitler gave. You can find the speech on multiple outlets just by google searching and they are trusted and verified outlets for the translation but um part of the speech that hitler talks about he makes mention to press from outside of germany that is not returning uh, that is sorry is not reporting the truth i.e. fake news and he also talks about executing the arsonist publicly to send a message of the power of Germany and the power that is there. In Trump's speech during July 4th, he talks about all of the military actions that he could. Wars, fighting, all of these things. And he even uses his line that whenever a challenge is coming to the U.S., It's met with a roar of thunder. And if you haven't realized, Trump has said fake news himself. And all this time while all this is happening, there's the backdrop of this massive military parade of fighter jets and whatever else he showed. I didn't watch all of it. But this parade was his backdrop for his speech about power. And shortly after this speech of his that he gave, and we heard it this week, if you've been up on the news and what's been going on in the media, those ICE raids are now going to be starting soon. That's one correlation. Well, this is another correlation between Hitler and Trump. Hitler did the Reichstag fire decree, I'm sorry, which then swayed Hindenburg, and then the enabling act, enabling acts came into play. When the enabling acts came into play, that's when the Holocaust really went into full gear. That's when roundups occurred, taking people to concentration camps, and all the atrocities that occurred. Trump has gave a speech is now going to be starting these ICE raids and even trying to get, I think it was legislation or something passed, I I don't quote me on it, so that he could only see positive comments on his tweets. No, I think he actually just went to Twitter to try and do that. That is what a dictator does. Now, I know I'm just speaking to the choir right now because we've seen a lot of things that this man has done. We know that this is dictator... um, related actions dictating behavior. Every dictator we know has had a military parade to show off the power that they hold. This is what is happening in our country. If you can't see the correlation between Trump and Hitler, I have to say I'm a little bit afraid. Um, I've only given a brief, brief snippet because I don't want to give any more time to that individual. But I've only given a brief spot of it. Research it yourself and look into it yourself. I know it can be frustrating. It can be a pain. But if you want to know more about it, look into it. There are so many correlations that are occurring between extreme dictators and Trump that I hope this is a message for everybody who hasn't voted or maybe is thinking, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote does matter. Vote whatever way you choose to, but just go out and vote because this is probably one of the most important times in our life if you're a part of my generation to vote and to actively use your power that you hold. Even though this individual has power because he's sitting in a chair in the White House, Olivia Pope said it the best, you are renting that spot and you have the possibility of a four-year extension based on the people of this nation. Let's not let him rent for another four years, please. That's all I'm going to say about it. It was just something that stuck in my head. And when I saw the videos and I was reading parts from the speech, I just saw it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, the correlation just hit me like a ton of bricks and I just had to share it if you guys research on your own or you find anything else and you want to share it with me, I would love to hear it. I really would. Um, so that's m- the majority of my just rants and stuff that I just saw. Just a couple of things that stuck in my core, uh, over this past week. But there is one thing I have to stay and This is going to be a part of my lifestyle looking glass because, ugh, sometimes I don't think people get it. So, I went to the family uh, reunion for July 4th, which was fantastic. It was kind of a Juneteenth celebration for us because it was just a great time at a cookout. And, oh, you know, all the good food was there. There was baked mac and cheese. There was fried chicken. There was barbecue. There was all kinds of great things. And it was all seasoned and delicious and perfect. It was just that old school Black family reunion, and I loved it. Loved every moment of it. Um, Now, when I get into social situations, I like to go out and have fun. I like to do it at my own pace. I like to relax. And this family reunion, we were out on a military base. It was like a good 90 degrees up there because there wasn't much shade, and you're pretty much on an open flat top. I mean, there's grass, there's grounds, there's a pavilion, and all these things. It wasn't like we were roughing it, but it was outside and it was hot. And when I'm hot and sometimes sweating and, you know, just out of it, I just want to sit back and relax. So of course I smoked a little bit while I was there and relaxing and enjoying myself and just walking around socializing with family. And I happened to notice the staircase and the staircase itself, it was just leading up the hill. So I just decided to walk up the staircase, go see what's up there. And it was a pretty cool view. So there's a guy who's down at the reunion who is not part of the family. I'll just say that right now, is not a part of the family. He saw me walk up these stairs, and I'm assuming he works on the military base. So he, you know, says, hey, you can't go up there. And I'm just like, oh, okay, my bad. There was no sign. Let me just get down and walk away. So I walk away, I'm good. I go and hang out with my dad and my brother and my cousins and stuff for a little bit. And then I'm just like, you know what? I kind of just want to just branch off and do my own thing. Nobody did anything wrong to me. I wasn't upset about the man telling me I couldn't go up there. I just have those moments where I like to just be alone. So I went and sat down under a tree in the shade for a little bit, bit, just to mind my own business. Then I walked off and went and smoked some more. And then I happened to notice my dad went over to the car and he was going to go smoke a cigarette. So, you know, he stepped away from the reunion and we're a good distance away from where the main focal point of the reunion is and pretty much where everybody is. My dad and I are just talking, having a good time, enjoying ourselves. And the same guy who told me about the steps, how I couldn't go up them, decides to walk from the reunion space all the way over to where my dad is. And now this is not a short distance. And it's apparent that if you walk to where we were, it was intentional to get away from everybody and just chill by yourself. So this guy comes over and he brings some other guy with him and sees me sitting on the curb in between parked cars. And my dad is sitting in the trunk of the SUV, just smoking a cigarette. And we're just sitting there just talking. And so he happens to notice me sitting down, makes eye contact with me, and instead of just walking and minding his own business, decides to walk right over to where me and my dad are talking, stand right behind us, and just interrupts the conversation. Now, I was cordial at first, and I'm just like, okay, hi, how are you? He says, oh, we're fine, and then he and this guy decide to post up there and stand while well, me and my dad have, were obviously mid-conversation when they walked over and just stand there. So my dad loved my dad. He is just being cordial and polite, talking to these guys. And I did not look up, didn't talk, didn't acknowledge them because I was not in the mood to talk to them. I was enjoying my time with my dad. So this guy and his friend or nephew or cousin, whoever he was who he was related to. They stand there awkwardly for a little bit. My dad kind of looks at me like, like thinking I'm going to say something to these men. I'm not saying shit to them because I didn't invite them over. So I'm just sitting there silent, waiting for them to walk away because I knew if I did start saying something, it was going to be very unpolite. So they walk away, gone. At that point, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, me and dad, we're cooling, have our conversations, chill out. We go back over to the reunion and socialize and talk. Now, this whole time that I'm back over there, the same guy is like staring at me intently. Like he's got some kind of attitude or some shit. And I'm just like, I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to be annoyed. I'm not here to bother anybody. I just want to walk up, grab me some fried chicken, grab me a good little bowl of macaroni and cheese, bust down this food, and then probably get the itis and sleep under a tree. That's all I want to fucking do. But this guy was just there the entire time and obviously wanted to say something to me, but didn't have the wherewithal in him to come and say something, which I'm very happy he didn't because I was very cordial. I kept myself calm. But in a situation like that, it's kind of hard to. Now, the whole time that I'm trying to enjoy myself in each of these situations, I'd on a pair of sunglasses and my headphones. That's a sign I don't want to talk. If I have headphones in, something is playing in my ears, which means I probably can't hear you too well. And if I have sunglasses on and I'm not in the sun, that means I have them on so I don't have to look you in the face. I just want to have my own space to myself. Again, Nobody at that point had done anything wrong to me except this one guy who just won't leave me to fuck alone. I like to be alone sometimes. You know, if you've ever sat in a room with a bunch of people and sometimes you just need your own little quiet space, sometimes you just need your quiet space. So I'm saying all this to say when I have my alone time, just please leave me alone. It's nothing personal. I don't hate anybody. I just want to be quiet with myself and maybe think about throwing glitter all over my living room floor and sliding around in it in socks. Or maybe I'm trying to figure out the circumference of the earth. I don't know why it would be, but maybe I just want to do that. Or one of my favorite pastimes of all is just silence. Sometimes I just want a little silence to myself. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just take the hint. Oh, this guy, he was hot. I can't lie. He was hot. And his friend was hot. And maybe they were trying to get my good China. But huge PSA. Don't approach me while I'm talking with my parents, when my parents are around me, when I'm sitting next to my parents. The last thing I'm going to do is flirt with you or talk with you. That is just fucking awkward. (laughs) That's all I can say. But, um thank you guys for listening. I know this was more of a heavy episode, and if you made it all the way through, I truly appreciate it. I hope you guys like the show. Please rate and share the show. Um, it helps every time you do that. Rate and share it with your friends, your family, your co-workers if you like them. Um, share it with your dog. Share it with your cat. Share it with your gerbil. I just found out that somebody has a pet possum that lives near me. Share it with the possum. Um, And, you know, if you want to contribute to the show anytime you can through Facebook and Instagram. Now you can just go to the Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy page. You can also do Lifestyle GBB or LGBB hashtag. And that'll bring up both pages on both socials. Also on the Twitter, you can find me as AJ VanderTunt, And on Vero, I'm just Andrew Shepard. If you want to contribute to the show, I can always keep you anonymous if you like. If you don't want to stay anonymous, I'll give you a shout out. Um, And you can also hit me up by email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle. G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy at gmail.com. And I will gladly keep you anonymous or shout you out that way too. Um, Outside of that, y'all, if you get a chance, check out the Buy Furious podcast made by Mixed Girl Maine. Love it. Love her. Great time in this podcasting community. You guys have been amazing to me. So everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Please go out and hug a stranger because a stranger that you haven't hugged is just a friend you haven't assaulted bye